It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. said he wouldn't let me, and so uh, we're no rap this week, sorry, I know you came anticipating the rap of all raps, and he just, w- he said he couldn't partner with me for some reason, but uh, anyway, we've been in this uh, dropping bombs, dropping, okay, different now, uh, different, <coughs> uh, truth bombs, truth bomb is defined as a truth that is clearly spoken in easy to understand terms without bias, so this morning, um, I want to share a, a truth bomb with you. I'm going to get to the truth bomb here in just a moment. You will have to write fast and listen fast because I'm going to hit you with it about three different ways in a hurry. But let me set some background for for you. Uh, We know if you've been in uh, church very long, if you've read the Bible much in your life, you do recognize and probably have embraced this truth about God already, and that is this. Our God is a God of covenant. He, from, from very early on in Scripture, we're going to look at a, an instance in Scripture, very early on in Scripture, where he begins making covenant. God is a covenant-making God. He constantly is making covenants with his people. Um, time and time again, as you read, you see covenant after covenant after covenant. Uh, and, and so the, the question begs to be asked, what's a covenant? Because we don't, we don't use that term much anymore. Uh, but, but So let me try to define it very simply for you. Basically, a covenant is a contract. It is a contract between uh, parties, in this case between God and man. It, 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 words we use that would be very similar but maybe don't carry as much weight is promises. Words, declarations, decrees, uh, uh, words like that kind of carry the same weight but, but not as much because... Uh, God is a, a God of covenant. It's part of his nature. He is a covenant-making God. But there, it's, more, it's more binding than just a pinky swear or, you know, uh, whatever you do to all the little stuff you do. When Okay, it's more binding than that. It is almost like a legal contract. There is weight to it. And there are punishments if the parties don't carry out what they promised. And, and so that's the way that God deals with us. And they typically always, every time, almost every time you read covenant in Scripture, what you also read is the the stipulations that are attached to it. And they're almost always contained in these statements. If then, if you will obey my word, then I will bless you. If you will tithe, I will, then I will open up. Okay, see, I lost some of you right there. Okay, just making sure we're trying to keep you awake. We're not even talking about tithing this morning. If you will honor me, it, those are the stipulations. Those are the terms of the contract. So as I've lived life, I've recognized that although we don't use that word very much anymore, covenant, I also recognize that just about every believer that I come into contact with, if you begin to talk to them very long, they will begin to talk to you about promises that God has made them, covenants. They will talk about words that they've received that are 
covenants from God, that he is going to bring these things to pass. And so we see that. Well, in Scripture, covenants occur very early, and I'm not going to read them all to you. I'm going to read to you a covenant that is mentioned in Genesis. Uh, It's actually mentioned in Genesis chapter 12, so it's very early on. But then it's repeated in Genesis chapter 15 because God knows we tend to forget that we've made covenants. And so uh, we see this play out in front of us. So let me read this. This is going to be kind of the backdrop for the truth bomb this morning. Genesis chapter 15 uh, is the covenant that we're going to look at. It's Genesis chapter 15, verse 1 through 6. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. And here's the covenant and the promise. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless, and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? I w- now, here, here God comes back. He's heard, he's heard Abraham's contest. He comes back, and he continues to make covenant. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. And Abraham, or Abram said, you have given me no children. Have you ever argued with God about his promises? You have given me no children. So here's here's Abram's plan. So a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And he took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. So what we have in Genesis chapter 15 is a repeat of the covenant from Genesis chapter 12. It's a reminder. And then what we see is that Abram is growing very impatient because he's getting old. Word. Okay, he's getting old, all right? And, and he gets impatient in his increasing age. And in his own mind, and his own mental capacities, he begins to think, how am I going to be able to uh, fulfill this covenant without God's intervention? How am I going to be able to do it? So he comes up with this plan. I'm going to make Eliezer my heir, right? And then God speaks up and says, eh, veto, you ain't doing that. You're not going to do that. And so he repeats the covenant. Well, you know the rest of the story. The rest of the story is simply this. He continues to get older along with his wife. And so Sarah repackages the same plan, just repackages it a little bit, and says to Abram, or at this point, Abraham, we don't have an heir, so let's come up with our own plan, and we'll fulfill the covenant on our own. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you my handmaid or my servant, my Egyptian servant, and you go in as she'll be your concubine, and you go into her, and you'll have a child, and and that'll be your heir. And lo and behold, just a repackaged plan, Abraham has relationship with Hagar and gives birth to a son by the name of Ishmael. Now, this is a side note, but Ishmael has been the source of, of all of our problems ever since. The, the, the issue, all of the issues in the Middle East stem directly from Abraham. This is not the truth bomb, but there's a truth bomb in here. By Abraham's unwillingness to wait on God's timing and by taking matters into his own hands, we've 
continue to have issues even to this day. Okay, you can apply that to yourself. All right, I'll let you do that on your own. All right, so that's what takes place. Okay, now, here's the instance I want to draw your attention to. That's the backdrop. I want you to look in Genesis chapter 21. In Genesis chapter 21, here's the basis for our truth bomb. Chapter 21, verses 1 through 5, and then we'll slide down to verse 8 through 10. The Lord kept his word. That's not the truth bomb, but, man, that's good. Man, I'm, I didn't even write none of this stuff down. This is all free. You're not going to pay for any of this today. Uh, he keeps his word. He keeps his word. And he did for Sarah exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant, and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. And eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. And Abraham was 100 years old when Isaac was born. And when Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned, Abraham prepared a large feast to celebrate the occasion. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham, and her Egyptian servant Hagar, making fun of her son Isaac. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, get rid of that slave woman and her son. He is not going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac. I won't have it. Think about just what happened. Just about what happened right there. And here are your truth bombs. I want to see if you can handle the truth this morning. These are going to come quick. I'm going to say the same thing three times but in different ways. Are you ready? Here we go. What God has said to you will be challenged by what feels and looks good to you. Truth. What God has said to you will be challenged by what feels good or looks good. Okay, let me say it a different way. What is convenient will try to convince you to forget and forgo what is covenant. I can't get no help. I said what is convenient will try to convince you to forget or forego what is covenant for you. All right, let me try a third way. The convenient will closely resemble the covenant. But the truth is, is that half-truth is a full lie. And partial obedience is complete disobedience. Okay, y'all still on fall break. Wake up. Okay, three quick ones right there that talk about what's going on in this passage. Because here's what happens. Here's what happens. You have a promise from God in your life. And the enemy will come along today and throughout your life. And he will try to get you to settle for what feels good and looks good. Rather than waiting on what God has promised you. Okay, I'm going to keep going because some of y'all are thinking. What looks good and what feels good will be easier. It will be quicker. And the truth is, is that the path that it takes to get to what looks good is much shorter. And there will be less faith required. And there will be less pain required. And there will be less work required. And every shortcut seems to get you to the destination quicker. Seems to. Seems to. There will be less process. There will be fewer tears, at least for now. 
Because this is what the truth tells us is this, and what we know from experience is that the enemy will use the convenient to try to distract you from your destiny and your destination. And the detour may seem innocent, but it's not. It's insidious. It will destroy your entire destiny if you are not careful. If you buy and settle for the convenient. And don't we love convenience? We are trained to love convenience. That's why we go to a convenience store and then we demand a drive through at the convenience store because walking in and having everything right there and being able to get out in 30 seconds is not good enough. So now we need a drive through and, and our ovens used to cook our food, food just fine, but now we need like a convection oven that will cook it instantly or a microwave oven. And we used to get tans from the sun over a period of time, but now we need an instant tan. We used to grow hair. Never mind. Okay. Uh, we love convenience in life. The dilemma is, is that translates into our spiritual walk and now we are no longer willing to walk the path that God's called us to, to hold our path, to stay on track, to, com- to, to, to push through, to dig in. We want it now. And so the enemy plays on that, and he sends us convenient things that look like they will get us to covenant things, but they don't. And then you keep reading. And here's the other truth bomb for you that I didn't put in your notes that you might want to write down because this is truth right here that the convenient will will literally ridicule the covenant in your life. Let me see if I can break this down. This is how the enemy works. The, The convenient in your life will ridicule the covenant in your life. So it goes like this. You mean you need to like stay a virgin until you get married? Are you crazy? That's crazy talk. Like, look on TV. Everybody's doing it. You'll be a nerd. That's convenient attacking covenant. Okay, here's another one, because some of y'all are just looking at me funny. You mean, you you need to stay pure until you, be, until you say I do? I mean, you've already messed up. So why wait now? I mean, you've already, you've already, you've already gone through with that, so what's the big deal? blessed or not? I knew it was going to get quiet. Okay. Uh, something in me. You, you mean you got to be honest at work? How? Cr- that's ludicrous, man. Everybody cheats at work. Nobody gives a full day's work for a full day's wage anymore. Come on. Open up your phone and play like whatever you play. Nobody will know. That's crazy, man. You mean you need to stay in the relationship? Haven't you driven down the street and seen the signs on the road that say you can get out for $49? I mean, really, come on. Why should you keep working at this? Why should you keep going to counseling? Why should you keep You ought to be happy. And the convenient ridicules the covenant until, if we're not careful, we cause the covenant to exit our life. And then what we discover is that the convenient never gets us to covenant. Never. Oops, tied in here. You mean you ought to sit down and just like serve faithfully for just like 
for a little while. I mean, come on, man. You're talented. You go somewhere else, they'll put you on the stage in a heartbeat. They'll give you a microphone. Come on, what's wrong with you? is is your talent takes you places your character can't keep you. And so you'll get on a stage because the enemy flashed the convenient in front of you. You'll get up there and then you'll make a fool of yourself because you can't handle it. Okay. All right. Doesn't that sound familiar? Let me see if I can see. Let me let me go way back see if this sounds familiar. Is that what God really said to you? You remember that phrase? Does that ring a bell? In the Garden of Eden? Isn't that what the enemy said to, to, to Eve? He's attacking covenant with the convenience. It's the same song, just a different beat. He just repackages the same song. He's lit. He's using from day, whatever day that was, six, seven, what day was it? I can't remember. I wasn't there. Some of you were. No, no, I mean, uh, but way back then, the same, it's the same thing. This is, this is convenient. The fruit's right here. Eat it now. And we lose covenant. The convenience, although the short-term results seem to be success and happiness, the fruit, the long-term fruit of convenience is always frustration So what do we do? How do we handle this battle that goes on where the enemy comes and presents the convenient to us and the convenient begins to ridicule the covenant that God has made in our life? Can I tell you what we do? We look at the convenient and say, if you laugh, you got to leave. Y'all missed that. I said, the way we handle the convenient is we look at the people around us and the temptations around us, and if they challenge the covenant, and they laugh at the covenant, then the day will come where you will have to dismiss some folks out of your life and say, if you laugh, you got to leave. Because, see, you can play that on out because that means that determines what you watch and listen to because if they laugh at your covenant and they sing about things that are in direct contract contrast to the covenant that God has made for you or if they portray things that are y'all y'all come on now let's get very basic here I'm telling you in those moments you have to go mm, you got to go that's what Jesus did you think about what Jesus did the enemy offers him the convenience bow down to me jump off the pillar turn the rocks into bread and you can avoid you can conveniently avoid the pain of crucifixion because covenant always carries with it pain. And it looks good, and it makes it seem like it's easier, and I, I can avoid the nails, and I can avoid the, the whipping, and I can avoid the ridicule. But, but the devil also forgot to mention that if you forego crucifixion, you also forego redemption. And haven't you noticed that the enemy is very, very good at forgetting to show us the end of the picture. He only shows us the beginning of the picture. I can't get no help. Because don't y'all know they'd really struggle to sell beer if they only showed you like wrapped up on a toilet somewhere throwing your guts out. Because out, out, you're so, don't you know they would struggle to, to show, 
to, to sell the kind of movies they sell if they showed you in divorce court for the 19th time because you don't you know they would struggle to, to build pornographic sites if they would show you the end result, which is the destruction of your family and your mind's all messed up and your heart. They don't ever show you that. The enemy is a professional at showing you just what he wants to show you. So the convenient, here's the, here's the truth bomb this morning, the convenient has to be sent packing before the benefits of the covenant can grow up in your life. Some of you are not seeing the fruit of the covenant in your life because you have refused to send the convenient packing. The friends you have around you right now are convenient, but they cannot get you to your covenant. The relationship that you're investing your time in right now is convenient, but it can't get you to your covenant. The job you're in right now is convenient, but, but, but you weren't willing to wait. Sarah realized this, that as long as the result of convenience was in the house, the covenant would be ridiculed and resisted. So she sent the convenient packing. And if you continue to read the story, the Bible tells us that Abraham was bothered by that. He didn't like it. In fact, I read one version that says this, and Abraham was troubled in his heart. But he did it anyway. Because Sarah knew that if Ishmael remains in the house, then Isaac's path to the inheritance would be challenged. And so what I am saying to you this morning is there are some decisions that some of you need to make that will trouble you in your heart. You have heart ties. There are strings attached, emotions attached, sentiments attached, feelings attached. But if the the results and the fruit of the covenant that God has made with you is, are ever going to come to fruition and mature and bear fruit. The only way to get there is to get rid of the convenience. Okay, so let me tell you some things. I want you to know the truth here. Covenant costs. The covenant will require you to endure pain. Am I encouraging you yet? Okay, hang on because it gets better. The covenant will mean sacrifice. That is the nature of a covenant. The covenant will require you to do some things. It will require you, listen, it will require you to fight your natural tendencies. It will require you to throttle your passion and your pride. It will require you on now. It will require you to check your hormones and your ambitions. But send the pack, you send it pack, the convenient packing anyway. Because if you can press through and if you can hang on, then Isaac will grow up and there will be an inheritance for nations to come, people to come, generations to come. Because one lady said, I saw you laugh. You're out of here. Okay, it's quiet, but I hope you're thinking this morning. Here's what I know. If you don't deal with the convenient, then the covenant will be challenged. The covenant will be delayed. The covenant will be damaged. And hear me, the covenant very likely will be forgotten. 
You play the scenario out in your own mind of what would have taken place if Ishmael had stayed in the house and Isaac grows up and they grow up together. And when the day comes when inheritance is supposed to be doled out, how would that play out? I can tell you how it would have played out. Hagar would have shown up going, come on, don't forget me. Am I right? Sarah knew that. So in due season, we don't like that term. Here's, a, here's even a more disgusting term. In the fullness of time. I hate that, I hate that phrase. But those are phrases connected with covenant, not convenience. Because convenience says, I ain't waiting on nothing. I'm, I'm having relationships right now. I'm taking a job right now. I'm buying the stuff right now. Some of y'all got some convenience you need to break up with in your back pocket right now. But the language of covenant is this, in the fullness of time. On his timetable, on his calendar, on his plan, at the right moment, your patience and your determination will pay off and the fruit of the covenant will produce a full harvest in your life. So so very clearly, let me just ask you, because too far I'm supposed to be clear, and precise, let me just, I'll, I'll ask you some questions and then I'll finish. Do you have any promises from God? Come on, think. What has God said to you? What covenant has he made? still believe? Are you still holding on? Or the second question that begs to be asked, probably the fifth question now, but have you settled for convenience instead? I'm asking you this morning, let me get from, I'm asking you this morning, Think back. Some of you need to think back to when you were kids. Some of us need to think back to when we were teenagers around a campfire altar. Some of us need to go back in our minds and we need to remember what God said to us. What promise has, what has God promised you? Because scripture says this about God. God says this about himself. He's not a man that he should lie. And then we're also told this, his word never returns void. So if he's not a liar and he always does what he said he would do, which he did in this account, then the issue is not his word. The issue is our impatience taking stuff into our own hands and saying, I'm tired of waiting on you. I can do this better by myself. Is there anybody in the entire room other than me that would admit that we don't do very well when we try to do it on our own? All right, I thought I was talking to somebody. In fact, let me just be really honest. I'll just talk about me. I always mess it up. I'm, I'm perfect. I'm, I, I'm absolutely perfect. 
I mess it up every time. Every stinking time. And yet the enemy sings the same song. people under the sound of my voice this morning that have taken the easiest path when it comes to your finances, and they've taken the easiest path when it comes to your relationships, and they've come to the easiest path when it comes to work, and all of these things, and every time, it seems like it's going to lead you to success, and every time, failure. And so what I'm simply doing this morning is calling you back to hard work, hard tasks, Father, this morning, I pray as a body that we would learn to embrace covenant folks. God, I pray over every person this morning that's sitting here that you would do a work on our minds at this moment. Because some of us are very, very forgetful. I pray that what you would do, it would almost be like you transport us in time, that we would we would find ourselves in our own minds back at an altar in an old campground setting at a youth camp. Or you would take us back to a bedside where we were on our knees crying out to you when we were young. Or you'd take us back to a service that we were setting in 15 years ago. Or you'd take us back to a, a moment where we were having a conversation with someone and they said, I sense the Lord. And in that moment, God, I pray that what you would do is you would remind us right now of the covenants that you've made, the promises, the contracts, the guarantees, the declarations, the prophetic, each word that's gone out over our life that is a covenant from you. I pray you would remind us right now. Remind me right now. Remind us right now. Remind us right now. you've said about us. Father, if there's one sitting in this room this morning that would say, I don't know what you're talking about, Steve. I've never heard that. Then I pray that scripture would begin to roll over in their spirit. Scriptures like this. Before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, I had a plan for you. And it was to prosper you. I pray that scriptures like you're more than an overcomer. You're the head and not the tail. Chosen, highly favored. Covenants that 
now, Father, I pray that what you would also do in this very moment is that as we've reflected on what you've said about us, I pray that you would meet us. I pray that you would also bring to our attention the convenient things in our lives that we've chosen instead. Easy path, easy relationship, easy choice. And I pray that in this very moment, we would make up our minds to dismiss the convenient and hang on to the covenant. And God, I ask that in this moment, you would also help us to do what Jesus did when he was offered those things from the enemy. He set his face like flint. He turned his back and said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing it the convenient way. We're going to do it the covenant way. I pray for individuals in this room that have taken matters into their own hands and tried to work out the promise by themselves. I pray that this morning we would be faithful to do what you've said to do. No matter how hard it is, the cost, or how long it takes. standing next to someone, just take the hand of the next the person next to you or lay your hand on their shoulder real quick. And Father, I pray for my brother or my sister this morning. I know the enemy of their soul will bring convenient situations into their life and the convenient will begin to ridicule them to try to get them to sell themselves short. I pray that you would speak life into them this morning and remind them of the covenant that you made. I pray this morning for my brother and my sister that you would strengthen them. And when the days are hard and it seems like the covenant's never going to come to pass, I pray that you would endue them with the strength, that they would endure for the enduring, that they would hang on, hang on to a marriage, hang on to a relationship, that they would hang on to a job that you promised. I pray that they would hang on for everything that you've said. Give them strength. Give them strength. I pray that as I pray over them right now, as I have my hand on their shoulder or we're holding hands, I pray that in this moment, strength would come into our spirits and we would have the strength necessary to dismiss the things in our life that ridicules what you've said about us. I ask you to accomplish this so that we can be stronger together and that we will see covenant fulfilled in the lives of your people. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.